Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember, this podcast deals with adult themes. So if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. Today, I'm continuing my series about the care and feeding of the vagina. Joining me today to continue the discussion is Michelle Brookhouse. Michelle passionately embraces her mission as a yoni whisperer and soother of all things feminine. As creator of Yoni Bliss, a homeopathic medicinal, as well as personal exploration and healing of both the physical and metaphysical vulva womb, she fiercely acknowledges the power of the yoni to direct and defend woman's innate creativity and capacity for unbounded pleasure, wisdom, and satisfaction. 20 years a homeopath and healer, she studies with world-renowned teachers in the fields of homeopathy, energy healing, neuro-linguistic programming, and other modalities. She loves honing her skills and is a healer of healers and mentor of mentors. As a thought leader picked up by Huffington Post, Prevention, The Good Men Project, as well as Thought Catalog, The Vaccine Reaction, and Yahoo Parenting, she is tickled to find herself on the forefront of women's empowerment, helping women remember and find the truth in and the possibility of pleasure, fun, and satisfaction. Yoni Bliss chose her as CEO, Chief Exhilaration Officer, because she has come to know that enough is enough. Her own yoni has rooted her in this knowing, and so she offers not just a product, but classes, retreats, individual sessions, both virtually and in person, for women wishing to know this for themselves. Sensual, wise, satisfied. That's her call to you. Michelle lives in the Pacific Northwest, and her 23-year-old inspirational son does too, though far enough away so she doesn't bug him too much. She loves Bikram yoga, salsa dancing, and listening to her yoni. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So last week we were talking about the care and feeding of the vagina, and we talked a lot about um, menopause, and I'm sure we'll talk some about menopause today as well. Um, We talked a bit about sex. And I kind of like to talk about sex and the vagina and all the sorts of issues that arise as a result of different types of sex, because um, the lubricant that you make is medicinal. Mm -hmm. It's got remedies in it. And we'll talk about that as well. Um, And it's a water-based lubricant. So it's fabulous to use for all sorts of penetrative sex. Yes, it is. And can be used as a tonic. So, yes. You know, to prep. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Okay, well, that sounds like fun. I like talking about sex and the vagina. <laughs> so, let's, yeah. Where do you want to start? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, there's lots of places we could start here, isn't there? Let's start with lubrication. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, because it is, I think, I mean, you and I were having a, a previous conversation, earlier conversation, just about how we're not necessarily prepared as women for the changes in our vagina. And some of that does include that dryness, that sensitivity, the shrinkage of the tissues. And um, I, I mean, not that I think we necessarily want to know that ahead of time <laughs> in some ways. But on the other hand, we don't even talk about it when it is starting to happen. So, and there's not a whole lot available. No. Really? No. I mean, one of the things I found interesting is that there's a myth that if you're excited, you automatically lubricate. Mm-hmm myth right big myth. myth and i interviewed crystal bougon of curvy girls at one point and we were we were talking about sex toys in fact and one of the things that she brought up was the fact that there are 30 or 40 different things that can cause vaginal dryness that are not menopause exactly. and that don't mean it's that a true. person is not excited so she mentioned mm -hmm. things like this antidepressant medication will cause vaginal dryness there are other medications yep. that cause vaginal dryness. Anxiety causes vaginal dryness. At different times mm -hmm. in your cycle, you might have vaginal dryness. Um, and so I think- Nursing women. <laughs> yeah, you nursing know. women have vaginal dryness. And in different points of pregnancy, you'll be dry. Yeah. And those are all of those times are times when you might, you, you not only might want a lubricant for sex, for sure you'll want a lubricant for sex, but you might want a lubricant that has a tonic effect just because when you're really dry, it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And we don't often utilize things that could be a tonic. You know, I'm even thinking of, um, I mean, and homeopathy is sort of a weird thing anyway. There's not a lot of people, well, in the last 10 years, more and more people are, are knowing about homeopathy, and maybe your audience knows a little bit more about it than the United States. I wouldn't audience. assume that. I mean, I, it is more common in, in Europe, and it's certainly, you know, in England, it has up till now been available on the NHS, so I think there's probably more general knowledge. Right, and I think probably a lot of people have heard of Arnica, Yes. You know, just for bruising, trauma, swelling kind of thing, you know. Arnica's a medicine. Um, any injuries, Arnica's a medicine, you know, in a way. You know, it definitely, definitely does something that's beneficial for the body. And so um, in that line, that's why I've chosen the particular homeopathic remedies that I have for this particular loop. Now, I could have chosen other remedies. And there are definitely other remedies that do other things, but I didn't want to sort of complicate the whole thing. So it's um, pretty simple, and I've chosen two um, that actually do have benefit. 
benefit if you happen to have some of these particular issues. And the other beautiful thing, I just want to say this about homeopathy, is that if you don't need the medicinal effects of the remedy, if that isn't touching you in an energetic sort of way, it won't give you any side effects, it won't do anything harmful to you, it'll just kind of miss you altogether, you know? Um, is that a good thing to say? No, I, I mean, I do think that's an important thing to say, because um, if you're not familiar with homeopathy, you may not understand that. So unlike um, mm -hmm. like Western medicine, it's standard Western medicine, whereas if you take a pill that is that, that you don't have the problem that the pill is supposed to correct, it could cause some quite serious effects and, and serious negative effects and serious side effects. Homeopathy, mm -hmm. it just it just will do nothing. It'll be inert. Um, and so exactly. it will be like, um, for those of you who don't know, many homeopathic tablets, um, many remedies are made in, um, they're very small sugar tablets. And so mm -hmm. basically you would have just taken sugar and it's not going to cause you any issue whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that little sugar pellet is sort of the carrier for the tincture of the remedy. Yep. And so... This, this lube is sort of the carrier for the tincture of the two remedies that I've chosen for it. Um, and chamomile is one, and you could have heard of chamomile. You know, there's chamomile tea. Lots you know, of people. women, lots of people drink chamomile. Just to, it's soothing to the nervous system. It helps you settle in and calm down and relax a little bit. It's used a lot for kids teething. You know, so that super sensitivity, like I, you know, those babies who are screaming because of the teething, chamomile is a great teething remedy. And um, there's that um, sensitivity of the vaginal tissue, you know, sort of like that edgy, zingy irritability that can happen with pain when you're having sex. Um, not every woman has it, obviously, but some women do. But some women and also then, get that outside of any kind of menopause. Some women have that during pregnancy. Some women have that premenstrually. I know yeah. I've had some clients yeah. who, you know, just before part of their premenstrual syndrome or premenstrual tension, depending on which country you're in, um, has been mm -hmm. vaginal pain. Yeah. Um, and so that can be pretty intense symptom. Also, you can have vigorous sex and have a great time while you're having it and do yourself some damage, as many people do, consensual damage. Yep. And then you've got vaginal pain. And depending on Absolutely. your overall physiology is how easy mm -hmm. that's going to be to heal. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so... The chamomile could be one of those remedies that could address that. I'd also say take some arnica. <laughs> yeah. If you're having that kind of sex, I mean, which can be fun in the moment, but then cause issues afterwards too. Actually, it's funny because one of the things that I had thought I would do is put arnica in a lube um, because wouldn't that be fabulous? You oh, know, yeah. For, for that kind of thing. So we'll see if that comes down the pike. Well, yeah. That, that'll but, be That'll be fabulous for, for rough sex. That'll be fabulous yeah. for anal sex. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And rough Absolutely. anal sex. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
It's not in this loop though. The chamomile is, which we were talking about, which is a different kind of a pain. It's a different pain than the arnica pain. So that's the thing. It's like we want to differentiate it just slightly. And you're right, it doesn't have to be menopausal. Who knows when you might have painful sex? You know, there's that that's uh that could be any time. Well, and think about women who have think about women who have vaginismus. You know, women yes. who have vaginismus can many cannot have any sex at all. Ooh. And as they're going yeah. through, and it, there's lots of treatment for that, and um, there's some very good treatment for that. There's some um, amazing dilator sets to help mm -hmm. you overcome vaginismus. And uh, um, the Women's Emporium in the United Kingdom in London called Shh makes an amazing set um, with medical-grade silicone. Um, nice. happens to be yeah. purple, and it's very pretty, but it's also... It's a great texture and it's a really good set. And that's something mm -hmm. you need lubrication for that. So I could see that using a lube that has the medicinal properties. Yeah. So having the chamomile while you're trying to do that dilating would probably be incredibly helpful as a combination. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And so then the other remedy that's in this lube is Nature Muriaticum, which is salt, actually, which sounds bizarre um, when you think about it. But again, because it's a homeopathic remedy, we're not actually putting salt into the lubricant. It's the energy of the salt. And if you think about what salt does in your body, it's about that water tissue balance. So too dry, too wet. It's just sort of like, how do we sort of balance out moisture in the body? So that's the physical effect, but all remedies have an emotional component to it. And then the nature muriaticum is that piece about grief. And I just believe, and we've talked about this before, just how much grief women hold in their yonis, particularly. You know, we just hold so much emotion there. And much of it is grief. So, so, and yeah, go ahead. Well, so one of the areas that I do a lot of work in is working with women who, I'm going to back in a second. I, I do yeah. a lot of trauma work as a, as a psychotherapist, as a psychologist, um, yeah. and have a specialty in that area. And I work a lot with sexual trauma. But as a sex mm -hmm. and intimacy coach, I do work to help women who have experienced sexual trauma create pleasurable, healthy sex lives. Because often, and this goes for men who experience sexual trauma as well, often they do, many people do the trauma work so they no longer have post-traumatic stress or depression, and the symptoms are resolved, the trauma um, becomes a part of the past instead of being a part of the present. But the piece of the work yep. that doesn't get done is moving back into sexual life. And people get triggered mm -hmm. when they're having sex and they avoid yeah. sex and they find it difficult to have sex. And so that's a different piece. And I, and I think about that when mm -hmm. you talk about the fact that, that grief is held. That's another time where remedies like this would really be incredibly helpful because that process of rebuilding Super beneficial. Having to go out there and physically rebuild sex life um, to have something that's helpful 
beyond just lubrication to have something that addresses the emotions as well? Well, because it allows you to open up. I mean, one of the things that I love about some of the energy work that I do and the homeopathy that is done, because I love therapy too, and I think there's so much benefit in doing all of that talk stuff too, just to release and let go and all of that. But it's also nice to not have to talk through everything. It's also nice to just have a lovely energetic shift in the moment. And that's what remedies can do is just shift it in the moment. It just can relieve that. And so the nature muriaticum has this sort of possibility of just sort of going, having you relax in the moment and just let go and allow. Because people who are holding on, that grief piece can be so tight, 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 tight in the body. And what if you could just like have that be part of a remedy that just allows the body to relax just a little bit and receive. And that makes perfect sense to me. And it's one of the issues in terms of working with people who have been sexually traumatized that can be so difficult because as much talking and as much um, talk-based therapy that you do, the reason that the coaching is important is because there comes a point for the action steps that you need to be supported into action. And For a lot of people, if they're not supported into action, they move out of a place of feeling like victims, but they they then sit in survivor for the rest of their lives. And they don't go back to life. And and for me, it's beyond survivor is moving back into a full life or often moving into a new full life, sometimes moving into a life that was never there, you know, because some people, their sexual trauma is back, back from early years. And other people may have had sex lives, but not good ones before they were traumatized. So it's that ability and that really requires- Well, I don't even know what pleasure feels like. Exactly, exactly. Um, And Mm -hmm. so for that, you really need that Mm -hmm. kind of an energetic shift. But that goes back Mm -hmm. to something we we did talk about um, in a previous conversation, which is it starts with, you know, the care and feeding of the vagina. What is your vagina? Uh-huh. What does it look like? <laughs> Taking a look at your vagina. Yeah. What is it? Right. You know, what's its function? From a mm-hmm. pleasure perspective, not from a birthing baby's perspective. We all know about the birthing babies. From a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of course, now there's more talk about how the clitoris 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 <laughs> how we say that is um really just about pleasure. I mean, it's only function is for pleasure and um you know this is sort of news i mean it's not news but it is news it's like okay really my clitoris is purely for pleasure nothing else and and you know what i've always found fascinating is that you know women don't know for example that they're all different shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. size of the clitoris makes a big difference in how easy it is to reach orgasm through different types of stimulation. Now, mm-hmm. most of the clitoris, people may or may not know, is actually inside the body. Yep, like an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg. Yep, what we see. But if you only have, if you have very small outside the body, mm-hmm. versus there are women with very large clitorises outside the body, 
very small is much harder to stimulate, obviously. I mean, because you've got the tissues all around. So it's covered up. Yeah. And that really can make a huge difference in whether a woman can have orgasm with anything penetrative and how easy it is for a woman's partner to learn how to help her mm-hmm. have pleasure, even in yeah. how a woman herself can manage to pleasure herself. But we don't mm-hmm. really kind of address this sort of stuff. No. And we don't tell women that um, the clitoris is different, even placement between the clitoris and the vagina, there's a different amount of space. For some women, that's a short amount, and for some women, it's a much longer amount. And so that also plays a component into how that feels with penetration. Yep. You know, is it being stimulated or is it not? And then we also don't tell women that it's okay to stimulate themselves during sex. Exactly. Well, there's so many rules, aren't there? I know. I mean, it's, it's just, I think... You know, I remember because I'm born, I'm born 63. So I wasn't around. I was in the late 60s and very early 70s when women's um, encounter groups were big. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, where women would go to these encounter groups and learn how to look at themselves and look at each other. And our bodies ourselves um, was the, the kind of Bible released around then. Now that I did get as a teenager as a book to, to mm-hmm. read through, to learn about my own body and to learn a lot more than I would have been taught in sex education. And that went out of fashion. And I, and I actually think that's quite sad. Yeah. Because yeah. Th- there really is no encouragement for women to learn themselves from a pleasure-based perspective. But even so, we're not even taught, I, I mean, at least I don't think my research out in the field, obviously I'm older, but women aren't even taught a lot about how to take care of their vaginas. No, absolutely. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm sort of in the same area as you. I was born in 61. So I kind of missed that in a way too. I didn't get your bodies yourself, our bodies ourselves, but I did read, um, I read the height report. Yeah. In, at age 18 or something like that. My aunt handed it to me and said, you need to read this. So I'm so lucky someone handed me something, you know. But that was sort of about the extent of it. And then, of course, it's been my own exploration and journey, you know. And talking to hundreds of women over the 20 years of my practice, too. Like, there we go. But you're right. I don't think, I think in some ways, there's less and less out there for women to sort of acknowledge themselves and the passages that we go through. And I mean, I, th- I do think there's a lot of, of really good information on the internet. Um, and there's a lot of crap mm-hmm. on the internet as well, as we all know. Um, but yeah. what I see as lacking is any of that in-person support mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to go on the internet and to see diagrams and to get told to go and get a mirror and look at yourself. That's one experience. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different Mm -hmm. experience to be encouraged to do that. And I know some women hearing this will be horrified, but to see other women, even if you're not sexually attracted to other women, 
That's not the issue. That's mm -hmm. not the point of this. It's to see other women to understand that you all look different. Yeah. You know, this is really interesting because you just um, flashed for me a memory when I was in my late 20s. And this was before I was a homeopath, but it was the beginning of my interest in homeopathy. I had gone to see a homeopath in Vancouver when I lived there, and she had a retreat for women um, called Moving the Pelvis to Healing. So in some ways, that was my intro to the work that I'm doing now. Ah, interesting, you know, flashback. But we had this very intimate group of women, and we didn't necessarily look at each other's vaginas. We didn't go that far, but we did sort of focus on what is it that you're holding in your pelvis? We had groups of women around as each person laid in this, in the arms to sort of, it's a little bit woo-woo and sort of out there, but it was so amazing. I remember, and I was in my late 20s. And we danced. So there was, you know, lots of dancing and sort of ritual kind. You know, it was to really, in some ways, it was a passage, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think there's more of that happening again. I think we go through waves of it. Like there's yeah. a desert out there for a while. And then, yeah, it comes up again. I think there are more folks offering retreats and, and uh, uh, of this yeah. type again. Um, and I certainly do some all women's things. Yeah, me too. I would do mm -hmm. some all men's things, but it's kind of impossible because I'm not one. <laughs> so um, in the future... And so it's all women's or women's and men's, right? Or mm -hmm. um, non-binary gender, transgender. Yep. I do some that are yep. solely, but again, I can't do solely for trans. I do solely LGBTQ, but can't do solely for trans because I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. but facilitate um, groups yep. where maybe people feel that the safety level is higher so that that level of intimacy is possible. But again, it's 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 not necessarily, you know, while I do do retreats that focus on increasing your sexuality, this is not a sexual thing. This is a so much as it is a self-love and a self-understanding thing. And it and it is mm -hmm. when we talk it about is. the care and feeding of the vagina, it's like this is essential that you know what's there. You understand how it works. You understand it on many levels, on the level of the nervous system all the different nerves we've got so many different nerve branches coming in there far more than men do yeah something like eight thousand crazy you know yeah mm. and men have less than half that yeah coming into that area you know so, mm -hmm. so to be able to understand mm -hmm. that to understand where we're flexible where we're not flexible what kinds of problems can we have you know, and, and and actually get a really good education, which I think actually is essential if you're going to um, have a lifetime's worth of enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. A lifetime's worth. An actual lifetime's worth. Yeah. And But I think sometimes if we don't even look, we don't know what we want. I mean, we have to look in order to look in order to see that sounds right but you know yes. it's like we have to look yes mm -hmm. and then and then ask ourselves 
what is it that we actually want? Yes. Well, and I spend a lot of time working with people on that. It's like, yeah. what, what, what does desire look like for you? And yeah. how do we get rid of, let's take this layer of shame away so you can actually get to the point where you can say what desire looks like for you. And then you can start working on getting those needs met. But if you don't know what you want in the first place, you don't have a starting, you don't have a level base to start from. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's for people. That's I, I, unfortunately and sadly, that seems to be the norm. Maybe this exercise is the one where we just, just to go, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what we want. We don't even have a clue. Yeah. But key for desire, key for tapping in. And listening, yeah. Listening to our yoni. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I, I just, and it amazes me for such an important part of the body. How is it that we know so little? But I, I've had young girls say what, what I think, and I mean little, little, little. I've heard, you know, when they're two, three, and four, and they're talking about uh, what they don't have. You know, when they're learning about mm-hmm. the difference between a penis and a vagina. Well, theirs is inside, so theirs is secret. And I think that's kind of where it starts. Hey. It's secret. Mine is secret. You can see his. Uh-huh. You've actually heard a little girl say that. Yeah. Yeah. More than one. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. the sense. That's the starting place. Mine is secret. His is all out there, and I wouldn't <laughs> want mine to be all out there. Mine is secret. Well, I mean, we're for my own pleasure. You know, maybe the sentence needs to be, this is my secret. Garden. <laughs> then it almost gives um, us permission to have that exploration yes. in my secret pleasure garden. Yes. Let me get to know myself here in my secret pleasure garden. What is it that I like? and desire and what feels good to me yeah and then because then you work on from there you have you value yourself you know what you want and then you're able to make better choices Mm -hmm. as you invite someone in Mm -hmm. maybe then less would be we've talked about this too about pleasing men more than ourselves yeah if we actually yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That'd be a huge shift. Yep. And the idea of I invite you in, which I yeah. like, I always find that is so much better. I invite you into my, into my world and into my space. Yeah. We don't meet out here. We don't, you know, I'm inviting you in. And mm-hmm. that's such a big, just such a big, energetically, it's such a big shift. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a much more feminine shift or you know what I mean it's much yes. it's uh, you know the masculine is you know not speaking about male female but more masculine feminine it's the masculine is more outward the feminine is more inviting yes you know there is this like 
come to me, let me hold this space and invite you in. So that makes sense. So it's really developing more of the feminine. And I, I mean, I, in our bodies. Yes. And to me, it's like, that's the sacred, mm -hmm. the idea of the sacred feminine, that that's the place where we start. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to, to think about teaching our young women that from the get go, but also teaching young men that when you're looking at sex education, when they cover vaginas, mm -hmm. the, I, that whole idea of starting from the mm -hmm. sacred feminine and inviting in and, and uh, valuing and having shame be something that doesn't exist. And um, I, I think it would be a very different experience going out into the world and forming sexual relationships. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Because then men might, or the masculine might wait for the invitation. Mm -hmm. And in waiting for the invitation, it'd be a much, well, more sacred experience. You know, I mean, I can, I can feel that. I can visualize that, you know, it maybe sounds a little bit foreign to some people, but, um, it, I think it feels really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It's, I mean, it's, but it is a different perspective. It's a, it's very, very much a feminine perspective. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I think, love that. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, I just love that we're we're having that conversation about inviting the feminine. I think we. This is one of those swings. I think too. The, because I think women have spent so much time being masculine that now we're, we're moving back toward, well, what is the gift in our femininity? What does it bring to us? Um, and there is, it's not, I mean, there may be a softness to it, but there's a hard part. Like I really speak to the, I really feel like it's my yoni that tells me when enough is enough too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's a hard line in the sand when we, when there's, do <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's a strong boundary that, that yes. Yoni provides as well. You know, so it's it's also it's an invitation, but it's also a done um, solid container. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting to me because um, when we think about the feminine in that way, often people will think so. Women are we're talking about women being more passive, um, and not necessarily, you know, Correct. Right? Yeah. receptive doesn't necessarily mean passive. Now, for some women, Correct. it will mean passive, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having the man be active and the woman be passive. But the idea that that necessarily means that is problematic. And of course, in mm -hmm. same-sex couples, again, you know, the dynamic changes again. So are yeah. we talking about when we talk about the sacred feminine, we are also, we extend, we can extend that. You can talk about the person who is in that role, who is embodying the sacred feminine instead of making it um, gender-based. Um, Absolutely. But there is this inviting in. And mm -hmm. once you're invited in, then you can take, but you don't come and take until you're invited in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to say that. I like it. So that leaves room for all the people who want to be involved in power exchange and who want to get involved in rough sex. Mm. You don't lose any of that. 
because yeah, consent absolutely. comes first and that's the invitation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'd love to see it taught more that way. I guess it's kind I of down to us to do it. Yeah. Well, we're doing it. So yeah. <laughs> In this moment, you just heard it. Yep, you heard it first here. So tell me um, and tell the audience where can they find Yoni Bliss? Okay. You can find Yoni Bliss at um, www.yonisbliss.com. And you'll actually find the product there, and you'll find um, articles and information about me if you feel at all drawn to working with homeopathy, um, want to do some energetic shifts around your yoni, you're certainly welcome to um, tap in there. I think there's an opportunity if you want to just schedule um, a 20-minute free consultation with me. Just we might be a good fit, so that's there too. Great. And do you have any um, any retreats upcoming? I don't have a retreat upcoming. I'm looking for one in the fall. I'm looking at one in the fall, so that information will be um, coming forward soon, but not up yet. So if people are interested, they can check into the website, and then they'll have an idea of all the events that are going on. Absolutely. Yes. That is great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yes, for joining me. Is. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I've had a really great time. It's um, been my pleasure. Today. Yeah. Thanks for joining <laughs> me for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Write to me with suggestions for the show and questions you want answered at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Dr. Bisbee is B-I-S-B-E-Y. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and do check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to https colon backslash backslash the-intimacy-coach.com and click the button that says schedule now. Why not join me for my upcoming free webinar, Four Secrets for Arousing and Igniting Your Authentic Sexual Self. Click the link in the podcast notes to sign up or head to https colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com backslash the number four dash secrets backslash. I look forward to seeing you next week for part three of this series and I thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.